So have you guys seen like, there's always this meme that goes around. I think it might've actually originated in like a John Mulaney bit, but where it's like, um, I always thought that quicksand would be like a much bigger problem in my adult life yes. than it is, Yes, you know? I yeah. But I agree. <laughs> right? Like everybody mm. had a thing about quicksand, like, and in movies and cartoons, it was like the like scariest possible death it was yeah. just like someone just sinking down into this eventually like a hand and you're like yelling at the TV like don't no. panic, don't move. Lie flat, lie flat, just lie <laughs> flat on your back. That's how you do <laughs> it, isn't it? Yeah, why do we all know how you're supposed to deal with quicksand? Like that's, it's so, and it could be wrong. Don't struggle. For all I know, like I don't know, maybe that's not even real. Uh, maybe that's the opposite of it. Maybe you should absolutely panic and that's how you get out of quicksand. Flap no your arms around like Kermit. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's the secret to getting out of quicksand. All that to say, I spent a lot of time worrying about quicksand as a youth, when really um, I should have been worried about sinkholes. Oh, don't, oh. Mm, yeah. <laughs> oh, no. You spent much time thinking about sinkholes, friends? All I know is that we whenever I see a picture of sinkholes, my stomach drops down to the floor and I, uh, the, just the fucking ah! Oh, sorry to hijack this a little do bit, it, right? Please but do. You, Go you, for it. You've stumbled upon something which always, always generates a, a, a visceral kind of fear response in me. Yeah, Not I've never sinkholes. seen you react like this before. Oh, as soon as you said the word sinkholes, it's the fact you can't see the bottom and it's huge, and they always like a photo of them from a helicopter. And not just sinkholes as well, right? Also, really, really tall structures. Mm, so if I'm okay. if I'm driving, whenever I'm driving up north, right, I, I often have to go up, up, up north to, to work, right? <laughs> and I always have to drive past a, a power plant and the cooling towers of this power plant. I always look at them and I, as I'm driving past, I try not to look at them because I think about sitting on the edge of one with my legs dangling over the side. Oh, gosh. Just looking down and being fucking uh, viscerally afraid. Um, so yes, yeah. perception of of depth, yeah, and huge height. It, ooh, it, it generates a, a physical response in me, and not a pleasant one. That is fascinating. I am. Mm. Oh, the so second sinkholes and the sinkholes and quicksand much of a concern for you? Are your neck of the woods then, Corey? <laughs> well, uh, because. I don't about necessarily here and i did have mm. the thought i wonder if there are a lot of sinkholes in britain because i didn't see many issues of this being a thing um mm. but they are in parts of the united states and elsewhere in the world a considerable issue <clears throat> and like they can happen for all kinds of reasons unsurprisingly among them being that like we build shit poorly um, yeah, you know, and we let things like rust out and whatnot, and then it's just like <laughs> it absorbs you. When sinkholes do occur in the UK, that's that's why it's because yeah. roads are shit and something has subsided, yeah. and and they they tend to be like weak sinkholes. They tend to be like just large-looking potholes okay. that don't generate yeah. that response in me. But then every so often you see ones like in Brazil or somewhere, and it's like a fucking portal. <laughs> Where did King Kong come from in Godzilla versus Kong? To inner earth or whatever, fucking mm. right down to the earth's core where you've got a yeah. new ecosystem and, and whatever. Yeah. <laughs> well, the sinkhole can obviously happen quite suddenly. Uh, and while the internet oh, will cool. tell you that you can watch like your property line and things for like sagging fence lines, 
you'd kind of have to know and not be like what most of us do when like our scent sags be like ah fucking fence and just let the earth have it like that's <laughs> it belongs to the earth now <laughs> yeah right like i wouldn't be like sinkhole i'd just be like oh well that sucks and like leave it but sinkholes can cause expensive damage for one. Yep. For example, in 2014, a sinkhole estimated to be 40 feet wide and 30 feet deep opened <laughs> up in Bowling Green, Kentucky, <laughs> underneath the National Corvette Museum, which I guess oh. is a thing we have here, a National <laughs> Corvette Museum. Um, and the hole opened up in the middle of the night. So thankfully no one was there when it happened. No one got hurt except eight Corvettes that dropped into this uh, 30-foot abyss in the ground, uh, which was a loss of several million dollars worth of pristine cars. Uh, nice. So that was, you know, unfortunate, but nobody got hurt. It's just some, you know, damage to some cool cars. They can cause much larger disasters too, though. For example, in 2007, people in Guatemala City reported a series of rumbling noises for, yeah, yep. for several weeks. And again, just like I was saying with the fence thing, like if you heard rumbling, like, yeah, I guess if you're thinking about sinkholes a lot, which you will be after this episode, uh, <laughs> you would be like, is that a sinkhole? But people for literally weeks, they were just hearing this rumbling sound and being like, what is happening? Uh, and it did in fact mean sinkhole is opening up underneath them. So in February of 2007, the ground just straight dropped out in an instant, leaving an almost perfectly circular, not 30 foot, but 30 story cavern. Oh, what? 30 stories, an entire building size hole instantly opened up. Uh, two people were killed in this case and a thousand people were evacuated as a result, which honestly with that big of a hole is like, kind of a, like that's impressive that only two people died and they managed to get all those people out of there where was it again uh guatemala city oh and, fuck, i'm gonna google it oh no oh you're gonna not gonna it. like it it's exactly are. the aerial photo you're talking about where there's just a giant hole in the ground um and it's yeah it goes forever oh um, shit that's the one that's the one that's horrible yeah. that's so horrible <laughs> Why are you doing this to yourself? Uh, the culprit in this case was a corroded sewage system, which meant that not only did this kill and displace people, but it also smelled absolutely horrendous. Oh, no. So Ooh. yeah, a big smelly 30-story hole opened up in Guatemala City out of nowhere. Terrifying. Uh, in June of 1994, miners for IMC Agrico Company in New Wales, Florida, came to work one day to find a ledge that wasn't supposed to be there. It soon became clear that a huge hole had opened up in a gypsum stack, which are these big chalky white like mountains uh, yeah. that served as stockpiles for waste material from the manufacture of fertilizer. So it was a fertilizer plant and this was these big mounds of gypsum. Uh, the hole would come to be measured eventually at 160 feet across at the top, tapering to a shaft 106 feet wide. And are you ready to puke, Mark? Nearly <laughs> 400 feet deep. <laughs> insanity uh, and the toxins from that gypsum getting into the soil actually threatened the aquifer that provides water to most of the state of Florida uh, but thankfully a surprisingly rapid response um, actually stopped that from the level of contamination that, that could have happened the sinkhole no, I'm, I'm in a strange zone of being terrified and disgusted at the notion of the sinkhole while 
very entertained by the phrase 140 foot shaft. <laughs> <laughs> it's an interesting place. Sorry, I digress. Please continue. Uh, your brand is strong, sir. It's, um, uh, that sinkhole was apparently caused by erosion. So there's that. And Florida is home to a shit ton of sinkholes. Uh, because, of course, it is. It's Florida. Um, mm. a- according to CNN, though, it's because the state lies on bedrock made of limestone or other carbonate rock that could be eaten away by acidic groundwater, forming voids that collapse when the rock oh. can no longer support the weight above it. Uh, and Hillsborough County in Florida is legit referred to as Sinkhole Alley because it's where the why, majority. Why would somebody want to be Why would you live there? Why would you live there? What, and it's where we're moving. Sinkhole Alley. Sinkhole Alley. Yeah, I was thinking either County. the Bible Belt or Sinkhole Alley. So, yeah. Um, yeah, the majority of the state's insurance claims related to sinkholes come from there, which I think is a very funny category of thing that like, yeah, I work in sinkhole claims. Um, so in March of 2013, one such Hillsborough County sinkhole opened up suddenly in the middle of the night as Jeff Bush slept, instantly engulfing and entombing him. His brother, yeah. Yeah, poor Jeff. His brother, Jeremy, heard his screams, but by the time he got to the bedroom, he said, everything was gone. My brother's bed, my brother's dresser, my brother's TV, my brother was gone. He tried standing in the hole and digging at the rubble to get Jeff out, which is like a real panic thing. Listen, I feel like, much Mm. like with quicksand, you don't stand in the hole and dig. It's a bad idea. Um, But it was no use, and the police pulled him out as soon as they got there, because the place was literally still in the process of collapsing. Five other people who were in the house were able to get out, um, and it appeared the sinkhole literally started in the bedroom and then expanded outward, taking the rest of the house with it, like fucking monster house. Uh, And it just continued to deepen until other houses in the neighborhood had to be evacuated as well. They were never able to recover Jeff Bush's body. Just disappeared into the void. Just the that, and that's twice now you've used the V word, right? And that goes right <laughs> to the heart of what I fucking hate about sinkholes so much. You can't see the bottom. Right. You don't know when they're going to open. It's going to happen at night. Jeff is still fucking down there somewhere. You know what I mean? Yeah, no one ever saw in. Jeff again. Yeah, Je- he is. Ah! It's like a bit in Bill and Ted's bogus journey. Jeff <laughs> is still plummeting down to fucking Kong's fucking uh, ecosystem in the middle of the earth. Um. Yeah, I hate it. I hate it, Corey. And, and and I wish you'd never spoken about it. So why then are we not <laughs> being inundated all the time with gifs and memes or whatever on how to survive sinkholes as well as yeah, quick, yeah, yeah, the quicksand? Yeah. Where's I the think memes? we need to, we need to revisit this. How does Someone... one survive a void? If there's an exactly. industry, if yeah, yeah, yeah. None of us are prepared for this, or maybe that's it. Maybe we can't prepare. And the reason that they give us quicksand instead is because, hey, at least you got a chance, buddy. Mm. But you don't got a chance in the void. Sinkhole voids come at you fast. They they come hard. While you're asleep. (laughs) I believe Ferris Bueller said that. (laughs) 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 To paraphrase Ferris Bueller, sinkholes happen pretty fast. (laughs) Um. Quicksand, yes, I was expecting to be a big problem in adult life. Also, the Bermuda Triangle, I was expecting mm. that to be an issue. Yeah, no, I mean, I felt as though the Bermuda Triangle would be far bigger news than it was. Yeah, than it turned out to be as an adult. I would often uh, read of the Bermuda Triangle. Uh, just me then, 
Because I no, absolutely, was... I did the same okay, thing. Good. I I felt like somehow, like I was going to have to fly over it someday or something like yeah. that. And I just like had this weird fear of a place that a is not actually that interesting when you look at it, and b. Like, like, there's no danger of me ever being anywhere near that. My family's from no Bermuda. Maybe plan. I thought if I went to visit my family, I would encounter it. But, yeah, there's no reason for me to be as scared of that as I was. No. Uh, can it's nice we categorically... Exist... Sorry, bro. Sorry. I was saying it's nice that the existential dread that this, these things, like sinkholes, especially for you, Mark, and the Bermuda Triangle, what have you, they give you... And mm. it's very much like my fear of snakes that I use to kind of to rationalize it in my head. I could go through my entire life and I'd probably never encounter one. And so never I'm okay encounter with that. a snake? Well, not this neck of the woods, we don't tend to. Oh. I think I've probably seen about two in my entire life. Because oh. of St. Patrick, probably... right? <laughs> There's still two more sinkholes than Mark's seen. And yet, yeah, it's true, the fear true, and the rage. Yeah. That's a really good point. Shit. So I, 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 I tend to sweat the smaller things in life than the bigger things, like sinkholes and Bermuda Triangles and quicksand. <laughs> getting out of bed in the morning, you know. <laughs> getting to work, living. The true horror yeah. in the world. <laughs> that's true. Maybe we need the Bermuda Triangle to... Yeah. But maybe that's I need to focus on the, the bigger, less threatening stuff in life. It's like a rodeo clown, isn't it? Sinkholes, they're like a rodeo clown to keep you distracted. <laughs> So that you don't worry about the actual threats in your actual yeah. life. Sleight wow. of hand. Mm. Look at this. Joag therapy right here. Just right out the gate. Beautiful. But no, I, 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 I could talk on this more, my fear of stinkholes. Stinkholes. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's, a, that's a whole other episode. Whoa. Yeah, yikes. Yeah. Um, it's, it's a similar fear. To, to the kind of the fear of the in, uh, 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 the fear of the infinite, you know what I mean? Just uh, mm-hmm. becoming detached from your spacecraft and just plummeting into space. It's that. It's 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 mm-hmm. the void. It's that darkness. You can't see the bottom. You don't know what. Ugh, it's horrible. And it could come at you anytime. Oh God, I hate sinkholes. Let me quote directly from my notes, if I may. Yes, please do. Fucking look at these nerds. Oh, mise en scène. Anyone has ever said me long said in such a horny way before. The way I whispered the word sex cannibal recently. Worst comes to worst, Mark. I'm willing to guillotine you for science. Thank you. That's really, really sweet. It's you cold know. outside, but my pancreas is talking to me. I'm fucking, <laughs> I'm gonna leg it. You know how I feel about that, Mark. I think you feel great about it. Uh, welcome one and all to a sweaty and fucking loopy episode of Jack of All Graves. We have three hosts this week, you lucky motherfuckers. Myself, uh, my brother, my actual brother, my fucking actual blood relative from Wales, Alan Lewis, and your ever-dependable, ever-present, font of all knowledge, Corrigan. Uh, (laughs) And, hey, listen, I don't know if you can feel it coming through your speakers right here, but we're all perspiring quite, quite, you know ferociously pumping fluid out of our pores bodily so if there's a certain clamminess in this week's jack of all graves if there's a certain tepid muggy sticky kind of quality to tonight's proceedings that's because we're all very warm and covered in a layer of just shame Uh, so by all means enjoy listen so welcome to jack of all graves um welcome to this week's episode interestingly uh, 
just got uh, just got the results back of a study into this podcast, which has been taking place in the Netherlands, uh, and apparently, provably, it's been proven by science that listening to Jack of All Graves can, in some cases, increase your life expectancy. So there it's you true. go. Enjoy yeah. that. That's, uh, uh, some... You cannot disprove that. That is absolutely scientific fact. No, it's science. completely hundred percent true. Hundred percent true. Uh, unbeknownst to Corey, over the past six episodes, I've been using a highly experimental and wildly unethical process that I've developed in my lab here in in Oxfordshire, which I'm calling um, uh, hyperspastic omnispectral cyber audio osmosis, and I've been imbuing the wavelengths of Jack of all graves with uh, naked mole rat hormones. <laughs> and in some listeners, it's led to increased life expectancy. Some listeners have reported loss of hair. Uh, some listeners have reported uh, cranial shrinkage and brain sickness. But in mm. some cases, it's also led to eternal life. So roll the fucking dice, folks. And, yeah, you got to uh, take the enjoy. good with the bad. You've got to do it. Can I just anyway, say as well, I've, I've I've missed the roller coaster that is you, Mark. <laughs> where you know, all aboard. When you open your mouth, you you've literally no idea what's going to come up next, where you are going, or where it's going to end up. You've just got to strap yourself in and let it happen. And hopefully, at the end of it, it'll make some kind of sense, and you'll have had some kind of enjoyment out of it. Uh, that's it. Cross your fingers. You might not keep your arms and legs inside the car, please. You must be this tall to ride Jack of All Graves. And I would like to please join me if you would all. Welcoming uh, Alan to the cast. Uh, you know, lovely to, to have you on board, Alan. Thank you. Thank um, you. Just by all means, introduce yourself. You've you've got you've got a bit of time here. The floor's yours. Or oh, you could have uh, forewarned me that this. Yeah, no, didn't no, prepare no, you at no, all I, to have I, to I say anything like, about yourself. I feel like enough has been said. My name is Alan. Yeah. I'm yeah, brother. Enough. I think I've been. I think uh, I've come up quite a few times in the podcast over the last. How many episodes are we on now? This is the 40th. 40th? Oh, no. Yeah. Which is the 40th episode. episode. Which, by the way, I would like to um, send my apologies to our dear friend Ryan of the Lay Down Podcast, who had a lovely idea to have me cold open with something about um, pregnancy horrors because it is the 40th episode. And, you know, that is the gestational period of a woman. Mm. Uh, a human woman. However, when I when I went to Google it, oh, as a, but like an elephant's gestation period is different. I just felt like I should specify. Long as fuck, yeah. But I went to like Google some of this, and I am so I'm so horrified by pregnancy mm. that mm. I uh, couldn't. I was like, nope, this stresses me out. This is the grossest thing I've ever. Um, I, I don't. I can't do it. So I, I'm sorry, Ryan. I I skipped yours and I went to uh, my friend Heidi's suggestion of sinkholes. Uh, however, uh, if next week's cold open is indeed mine, oh, no. Ryan, you've just given me an idea oh, of, of something that I can't believe I've not talked about in a cold open before. So tune in next week for a oh, fucking no, so body nervous. horror banger. Oh, is this pregnancy related then? <laughs> yeah, it is. It is. It is. Yeah. When, I don't like it. When pregnancy goes wrong. Yeah, I'll I'll just... I'm not Mm. even going to give you a hint because there's a medical term for an absolute abomination which can occur in pregnancy that I'll just fucking tuck away in my back pocket for later. I think we're all looking forward to that, aren't we? Oh, Oh, God. This is... I, I feel like when I was a kid, 
my mom tried to keep us like really in the process, you know, like she had us at home. She was like, we had like the doula and all that stuff. And so like mm. that she would come and she would like show me the books and I'd seen like the videos and then I watched my sister be born. And at age three, I was like, fuck no, Did you I'm never really? doing this. Yep. Never. I, oh God. Like, and I'm from like a pretty crunchy granola area. So that was not the last time that I experienced seeing childbirth one way or another. And mm. it, I just, I know too much. Oh, that's like, I never had that thing where like women think of it as like magical or anything like that. I was like, mm. I saw this body There's horror very early. Yeah. No, you're right. You're right. And you, you use the right term. It is, it's Cronenberger's shit. And be, having been it down is. the business end, yeah. what, what I saw was not. I was magic. just about to ask you, yeah. The opposite of magic, in fact. If the best thing that happens, you know, is, is to just see your, your, the mother of your child just slowly shit themselves. You know, where's the magic in that? It just, you see, it's just slowly oh. edging its way out. It's you so know, romantic. There's no magic. <laughs> like one of those indoor fireworks when you light the kind of indoor fireworks. Uh, you know the people ones. People wonder why I don't want to do this. Uh, so yeah, I'm sorry about that, Ryan. But uh, now apparently, I've mentioned it, and I'm going to have to not endure it. So it may not be for week forty, but next week. Yep. Your wonderful, well-intentioned suggestion, Ryan, has led to something altogether mm. nastier. Great. Love that for us. Um, so uh, this week we would also like to announce to you a date for our watch along, mm -hmm. which will be Juneteenth. June 19th, we will be getting together around our living rooms and whatnot to uh, watch a boat core film. Uh, you have already given some suggestions. Some of those uh, we will use in our poll. Some of them maybe not, simply because not that they were bad movies, but perhaps require a little too much of our attention uh, while we watch. Except if you're Ben. Those were bad movies. Those were bad choices. Ben, make better choices. <laughs> yeah, Triangle <laughs> keeps coming up. And the yeah. vibe that we've established with our watch-alongs is that I think about 30% of the time maybe is spent actually watching the film. Uh, yes. The other seventy percent is me laughing at Duncan because he's funny as fuck. Not Duncan, sorry. Uh, who's your <laughs> Colin. other guy? Colin. Colin. Yes. Who is absolutely yeah. funny as shit. Um, <laughs> so with something like Triangle, where you have to actually focus and enjoy the slow release of this wonderful kind of layered plot, mm, great film. Probably not a great candidate for a Discord uh, communal watch. Yeah, exactly. Um, same with Below. Just not really that kind of uh, mm. movie that you sit and only give a tiny fraction of your attention to. Um, mm. And also some movies are just more fun to like, you know, comment on and joke about and whatnot. So yeah. we'll put up that poll. Good choices. I have my, my ones that I would like to pull for, but uh, we'll see. We'll see how that unfolds as it happens. I'm going to be happy no matter what. Um, although I did watch a boat core movie this week that was like terrible. And what I was, was like it? offended. It was called great white. Um, and it apparently came out this year. It had the girl who played Suri on um, on uh, Thirty Rock. Thirty Rock. Yeah, um, and just boring as shit. Listen, Jaws came out nearly fifty years ago. There is no reason for a shark movie to be boring. Two would just... remove great shite. <laughs> <laughs> oh God, no. Um, so yeah, but anyways, June nineteenth. Keep a lookout in the Facebook group, on the Twitter, all that stuff yep. for the poll. We'll see you and, there. And uh, we'll, we'll have a good old time. 
Um, I'm trying to find some way to give you room to bring up Michael Keaton here. I also kind of want to talk about that Derek Akora jersey. Segway. <laughs> okay, well, here comes... A lot of segway, then. Well, firstly, do you know who Derek Akora is, Corrigan? Of course I know who Derek Akora is. I mean, like, most right. Americans wouldn't know who Derek Akora is. Yes, how do you I know do. who Derek Akora is? They used to play on Fridays. I mean, I think they still do this, but all day on Fridays on Travel Channel, they mm. showed ghost shows. So, like, that was, like, my summertime thing is I would just, like, sit there on Friday when I was in high school and just watch ghost shows. And I made Ben watch Most Haunted with me so many times. Um, and so Derek Okora was obviously the main psychic medium on that, who was also very much a fraud. Uh, <laughs> and as kind of as goes without all, saying, but... all psychic mediums are all very much frauds. Mm. Um, I mean, I think I've determined, I don't think at least all think are doing things to be frauds. Like when we talked about this, like, you mm. know, you have people who deeply believe stuff, but I think people who are doing it on like probably to get paid for it. Yes. Yeah. Careerist, careerist oh, frauds. And, and he was Akora's busted squarely. for it. Oh, completely, <laughs> completely. <laughs> like, there was a, someone on that. I love the idea that one of the guys working on that, like, and he was like a parapsychologist or something, not like a skeptic or anything of that nature, but he hated Derek Okora so much that he, knowing that they would slip names to him and whatnot, slipped him names that anagrammed to things like Derek Faker. Beautiful. Uh, <laughs> and whatnot. And he would say them on the air and... Uh, Played but him like a fiddle. Mm. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, which is all the, you know, all the more. Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? All the more uncanny then, and 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 intangible. Why would some geezer be wearing like a hockey jersey with an Anaheim Ducks jersey <laughs> with the name Derek Akora on the back of it? Wicked. <laughs> so fact, confusing. The fact that it's so inscrutable, and the fact that it's it's you know. So, you know, impossible to draw a thread as to why you would do that. That's that's one of the reasons why I love that so much. Very nice, and thank you for whoever brought that to our attention. I I've actually it was got me a, who who did that. I have a Michael Keaton segue if you're interested. Uh, so, okay. um, something something video man that we talked about in a previous episode. Mm-hmm. So the kid in me who wore that VHS pirate copy of Batman '89 to the absolute threadbare, warped extremes of after having watched it and watched it and watched it that same pirate video copy that we uh that you all shared that we all shared that everybody who Mm. got it from the video man in 89 everybody must have been sharing the same emotions when uh andy machete this week on his instagram posted a photo of the fucking black on yellow bat logo and did you see this alan i did but do you know what I'm not a fan of the Tim Burton. Oh, you're not, are you? Yeah, yeah, we've talked about this. I'm really not. You know, I tried watching it again fairly recently and it's as camp as tits. Oh, yeah. It's really (laughs) no better than the old Adam West stuff, I thought. (laughs) I love that. I thought Jack Nicholson is dreadful in it. Dreadful. Oh, my heart. Oh, my God. That is tough. That's a... You're out on a limb there, I I I stand by it. I stand by it. I'm I'm not saying he's... Jared Leto bad, but <laughs> no, surely, the, but, surely the, the camp end of the franchise you is, know. is, you know, Arnold Schwarzenegger and Jim Carrey. Surely that's drifting further into Adam West territory than yeah. the janky, you know, rougher on the edges uh, bag of parts that is Keaton's. <laughs> yeah, Batman. but 
I, I remind you of the fact we went to see Batman Forever in the cinema three times. Oh, was it three times? I, I remember being twice. Did we go it back? It was three times. Wow. I think we went three times. Mark, this is quite a revelation. It. Yeah, indeed. I know. And then It's not something I look back on proudly, but... And I think <laughs> on the flip side of that, didn't but, yeah. we walk out of Batman and Robin? We did. I seem to recall. Wow. We did. We took to our feet and got the fuck out of there. Yeah. But that's a, 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 another discussion for another cast, right? But... The idea that out there somewhere, right now, uh, a, a, a production design team, a props team, has recreated that fucking suit. Yeah. That's that beautiful. That they've gone back to the molds. That they've gone back to the original fucking you know blueprints or whatever, and they've built that suit again, and that Michael Keaton has worn it again. Oh, that is that, that is beautiful yeah. because as we spoke about earlier on, I would like hereby to name Michael Keaton as being one of Joe Ag's fucking absolute pet performers. We yeah. love him. We absolutely mm-hmm. love the guy here on Jack of All Trades. Yeah. Even... Oh, yeah. My hatred of Batman is nothing to do with Michael Keaton. Right. You can't He was by far the best thing. <laughs> Even, you know, I just brought up 30 Rock, but that was like one of my favorite things on 30 Rock, where it was like, you haven't oh, seen yeah. Michael Keaton in a minute, and then all of a sudden he shows up on 30 Rock. Like, yeah. and just like a random... The best thing about Michael Keaton... Uh, I keep saying the name now, I, but anyways, keep doing it because I love it. <laughs> <laughs> is like that he just throws everything at it, you know? Yep. That like it doesn't matter what the role is, he will be like silly and ugly yep. and or suave or whatever it is, and he's just gonna like, yep. you know, he's gonna nail it. And I just love him to my core. So yeah, seeing that uh, just made me swoon a little. Uh, you may or may not know this, but Michael Keaton is actually in my... Uh, if, if if they were casting Marco the movie, right, my mm. people would be reaching out to Michael Keaton uh, to play like an older version of me. I would love to cast him as me in a movie. But that's how much I like Michael Keaton. I, oh, I so like good. that. So good. Okay. And as, a, uh, and as a Rick and Morty nerd, as you know, um, he's also my pick for my live action Rick uh, when, if, 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 if that ever comes to pass. Um, I just, I, it, it just feels perfect to me to cast him as Rick in in, in, a, in a Rick and Morty live action movie. I think he'd be spectacular. Yeah, that does. And wasn't the kid from Stranger Things your choice of Morty? Certainly as well? is. Yep. I... Michael Keaton and Finn Wolfhard are my live action Rick and Morty. That's and I honestly, I can close my eyes and see this fucking film. I really can. <laughs> right? It, have you ever seen Valerian and the fucking city of a thousand planets? No, right? Dog shit. Not. Absolute. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just oh my god what a boring film but my rick and morty movie right i'm doing it now i'm doing a car my rick and morty movie i i was sitting here like <laughs> isn't he i'm I doing feel it like he's doing it i'm doing it i've got accent <laughs> osmosis um it's it's a it's a gigantic space opera on that kind of scale right on the psycho gorman kind of scale huge yeah. uh reach in terms of you know races uh, and and just the epic epic production design of this fucking film um, and you don't have to explain no, it. So you've broken that for me by bringing it down to the cycle going. Uh, yeah, you, yeah, you, I know that. you hated that as well, but you can't deny <laughs> that it had scope, mate. But, all right, fair enough. They were. Oh, it had fuck all. <laughs> it had fuck all. It was shite. Don't understand. Well, look. Do you like Do you like Power Rangers, Alan? Uh, no, I'm forty nine. Nah, no, do I? I'm not. I'm. I'm. I'm not. <laughs> I'm not on, on that bus either. But listen, well, how many hold times... on. I thought you were watching Power Rangers with your kids and enjoying it. 
Oh, I was. You did not make me lie to Mac, did you? No, no, no. But you know, I'm, 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 I'm more watching Owen watching Power Rangers than I'm voluntarily sitting down and I don't watch it when there's no one else around. Put it like that. Fair. That's fair. Um, but yes, my live action Rick and Morty, and what I keep going back to is because of the amazing format. I, I can't. I, I'm not going to stop doing it. I'm going to need to listen to you talk exclusively <laughs> to reorient. <laughs> yeah, to recalibrate your accent. Yeah. Um, <laughs> fuck, what's he even talking about? I can't even remember. That's right. The format. The format. <laughs> Yes. Because the format is so brilliant, you wouldn't even have to explain the fact that it's a live-action fucking version of the show. All you'd have to have them do is just pop out of a portal at the beginning as, you know, in, in live-action, a throwaway line, ah, we're in a live-action dimension, Morty, fucking hell. And then away we go, just dive on in. Uh, and it, please, please, somebody make this happen. Yeah. I'm for it. I'd watch the shit out I'm of it. I'm on board. Good. Okay, good. <laughs> Definitely for it. Um, on that note, shall we discuss mm. other things that we have watched this past We've been week? packing them in this week, a... haven't we? We've yeah. Been... This has been my, like, my first, like, real, like, vacation week where I really didn't have anything to do. Mm. Like, I kind of, like, last week I still had a bunch of projects that I had to get done and whatnot. And I guess that, like, what my brain said as soon as I finished work was, like, let's just watch some shit. Uh, and that's been delightful. So, yeah, what have we what have we been watching, folks? Uh, well, I'd like to apologize to you right now, right? <laughs> openly and sincerely. Uh, I know you were waiting for me to 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 watch Lake Mungo together, and I just took an opportunity and I just steamed in and watched it. So I apologize for that. Yep. I am a fundamentally <laughs> flawed human, and I will learn from this, right? Will you? Um, you know what you want. No. <laughs> Nobody is buying that. <laughs> yeah. um, but I'm so I'm so glad I did. I, I know I recommended this to you, Alan, almost immediately after I'd seen it. You did. Uh, for those who haven't heard of it, or for those who haven't seen it, Lake Mungo is a uh, I think it's 2006, possibly 2007 Somewhere Australian there, yeah. mockumentary found footage number, very lo-fi, um, and. It, it is not what you think it's going to be and it's not what it sets out to be at the beginning. It it confounds expectations and it turns into a character study of a family, much like a movie we're going to speak about uh, a little bit later on in this episode. It turns into a character study of a family dealing with grief and dealing with the unknown. Uh, very unsettling, very creepy, very authentic uh, and one which I... I absolutely can understand the love that it gets a great movie and unreservedly recommended yeah i watched it afterwards since i was like i would like to oh, see okay. it and i think part of it was i think i was expecting something different so it didn't hit me the way that i wanted it to mm. because i thought it was going to be a different movie than it was yeah. Yeah. um but i definitely think it's one of those ones that i will re-watch knowing yeah. what it is and i'm going to really like it but then you know i love australian movies like i do i do know this and it's not even as though it's ostentatious about there's a twist in the film. It's no, not even that. not at all. It's no, not, it, not, you know, it, it isn't, it isn't that cheap. Um, right. Uh, yeah, it, it, it stuck with me for quite some time afterwards. Yeah. I think what you said about it being authentic really hits, you know, that it definitely feels like you are watching this family yes. go through this, you yes. know, and. And everybody just plays off as, like, real characters. Which is, again, like, Australian stuff is always so incredibly dark, but it is, like, very mm. real. That's one of the things that makes it often so hard to watch, you know? Yeah. <laughs> it's that you're like, yikes, they do not... 
Yep. They do not let you off the hook here. You are going to feel what you're watching. Uh, yeah, actually, now you come to think of it. The, <laughs> you don't get many, apart from like Crocodile Dundee or whatever, you don't get many right. kind of, or at least I don't think I've seen many. <laughs> Just like cheery... big, stupid Australian yeah, exactly, happy movies. Australian. Yeah, yeah um, <laughs> not Not their chief export, at least to here. Uh, and I don't remember that being a huge thing when I was in Australia either. Seeing, I mean, I'm sure they have their own kids shows and whatnot, but yeah, they just like their dark shit and it, mm. it hits for me generally. So it didn't totally hit this first time, but I think when I rewatch it, I'm going to, yeah. I'm going to like it. Yeah. Unreservedly recommended. What else have you seen? Well, how about you, Alan? Anything you've watched aside from what we are here to um, talk about? <laughs> do you know, I, I don't get to watch much horror lately anymore. Yeah. You know, we chatted about this on Twitter, I think, didn't we? Because... With everything that's going on, with all the existential dread we're already going through at the moment, that, you know, some people are drawn more towards horror. And I know this is something you've talked about in an earlier podcast, isn't it? And for some people, it's kind of like, you know, this is the last thing I need. Yeah. So I, I, I don't tend to get to watch much horror. But the one thing I did watch uh, fairly recently, actually, which, and again, it, it ties in with the point you just made there, Corey, about your expectations going into a film can kind of colour the experience you have as you're watching it. And yep. I know whenever you recommend something to me, Mark, you always say, oh, going cold, going cold. Yes. <laughs> and you you do as best as you can. But I, I went into, I watched St. Maud oh, last yeah, year. Oh, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and the little lights, I'd read nothing about it, aside from, I'd just seen the, the pic, couple of promo pictures, press pictures, and what have you. The one where she's kind of like levitating in the air. Yeah. And so I was expecting a very, a very different film to the one I actually watched. <laughs> yeah. And so for the first, you know, 45 minutes, I was kind of, okay, well, where's this kind of mm. possession going to happen? Where's the demons coming into it? And all of this, I was expecting it to be a fairly run-of-the-mill, you know, such and such gets possessed, mm-hmm. shit happens kind of movie. Mm. Yeah. And then, it, it, you know, eventually the penny dropped. And, oh, this isn't the kind of film I thought it was going to be. <laughs> Absolutely and it's, it's just this harrowing study of this poor, poor woman, you know, just drifting into psychosis mm-hmm. yeah and I, and I just felt and even though she did horrible things and you know i just felt such pity for this poor woman Completely. yeah and it was yeah so it's that's but the only thing i've watched other than just we've just focused more on tv and things like that recently yeah, was sure. the film you got was the film you got better than the film that you uh, might have had in your head or were you preferring were we looking forward to something a bit more traditional no, no, I'm I'm completely open for something different because all of these, the possession of such and such, the haunting of this, that, and the fucking yeah, yeah, other. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who gives a shit? It's been there, it's been done, isn't it? Yeah. But at least this was something fresh. Mm. It was nice to hear a Welsh accent and actually the, the, the voice of God at the end speaking Welsh, know, yeah. by the way. <laughs> Big thumb up. You know? Yeah. And what was the only other popular film we've seen and heard Welsh speaking in, Mark? Evil, or Dead, Corey? Evil Dead 2013. Oh, Evil right. Dead remake. Yeah. <laughs> So it was, that. you know, even though I speak barely any Welsh, it was nice to pick up the odd little word here and there. So that was, you know, that, that was nice. So rad. yeah, I enjoyed if enjoys the right yeah, word. Yeah, enjoy is a I've weird seen. way to put the experience of watching yeah. St. Maud. Um, but yeah. yeah, 100% agree with everything that you, you said there. And um, Dead and Lovely did St. Maud last week and did a phenomenal job of going through and talking about that movie and why it hits and exactly what you're talking about with this woman and like, how you feel for her and mm. and the psychosis and mm. the trauma and everything that she's been through 
It's mm. just wild. Yeah, it really is. Even if you try to sort of explain like, oh, what's St. Maud about to someone? Mm. It's really difficult. You really do kind of have to see it. It doesn't fit into like a tidy little synopsis or log line you can yeah. give the to devil someone. Is, is, something, is, and... Go on, sorry, bro. Go on, sorry. Come on. Uh, it's more than the sum of its parts. The, de- the devil is in the amazing performances. The bleak as fuck. Uh, cinematography, those lovely night shots of her walking through the city or, or that little Welsh town on her own. Um, to, to, to write about it in a couple of lines on paper doesn't do any kind of justice to, to the experience of that film. I loved it. It was the last film I saw in the cinema. Uh, and yep. again, like Lake Mungo, it stayed with me all the way home. Yeah, absolutely. We also mm. watched um, the new Saw movie, Spiral. Not good then, was it? Oh God, no! Uh, that movie is like li- it's straight out of two thousand two, and that does not yeah. work anymore. The way it I is... put it at the time, the world has moved on from Saw, and yeah, don't buy any of the fucking hype about it being a new direction for the series or a new no. fucking take. It is just mid fucking series, mid franchise uh, filler. It's it's. I didn't enjoy it in the least. Yeah, and it's weird because, I mean, it feels like maybe part of them trying to be like, oh, this isn't like your old saw and legitimizing it and all that stuff was to to make it less torture porny, which we have talked about the fact mm. that we do not uh, enjoy torture porn. That's not really a thing that we're going to cover on this podcast. And so it's not that I was like, oh, man, there's not enough torture in this. But it was like, it was weird how it just felt really minimal in it. Like it felt almost like the like kills or whatever were, it was mostly like this weird procedural drama that was kind of poorly acted and like everybody's just yelling a lot. And Chris Rock is like in like a different movie than everyone else. (laughs) And then there's just like out randomly like, Oh yeah, we should kill somebody. And that kind of felt. You can tick off tropes as well. I mean, yeah, just Mm. after the first the first kill uh, of, of you know a, a police officer or whatever the police captain stands in the bullpen in front of all of the you know the detectives and whatever and in my head I said the line that she was about to say before she said it Ugh. we've got to catch the sick son of a bitch that did this that was <laughs> that was literally what she said I was like oh fuck you we no. go yeah, yeah. I, I had I had issues with it in a right I don't know if you, if if, if you noticed this, Corey, but it felt like everybody, every victim decided that they were going to take the way out and bite off their tongue or gnaw off their leg or rip off their finger or whatever at the chance of living. But they were all too late and everybody died yeah, anyway. Yeah, all at the very last second and they just died. Like, you can't right. do that with everybody. Come on. Like, Be more decisive, people. Yeah, it was That's exactly what you said. Absurd. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it was absolutely absurd. Which, like, the, the first time it, you know... I was like, I made a joke about it, but and, but it was also kind of like a good kill, you know. It was a a good start, I thought, and it was McMurray from Letterkenny, which anyone who um, watches Letterkenny will find that hilarious. But yeah, it was kind of a good one. But then it was like, yeah, after this just kept happening every time, it felt like there was no like there's no tension in no. it when you're just like, I know what this person's gonna do. They're gonna make the decision at the very last second, and they're still gonna die. Yep, that's it. Um... <laughs> And on a, for some reason, it really pissed me off that there are at least two 
really clumsy, overt script nods, winky winky mm. nod nod to Pulp Fiction in there, right? We all <laughs> fucking know. We all know that Samuel L. Jackson oh, was God. in Pulp Fiction. We all know that Pulp Fiction is iconic, right? You don't get... If you're going to refer to another movie in the dialogue or the setting of a movie, you've got to earn it, right? Right. And when yeah. when they did that in in Captain America Civil War, we, we all know that Samuel L. Jackson was in Pulp Fiction. We all know Ezekiel 2517 off by heart. Put it in the tombstone, that's fine. By that point, the Marvel Cinematic Universe had been bubbling away for eight years and you've earned a little winky-wink like that, lads. You, yeah. I'm fine with it. But for fucking Spiral starring Chris Rock to twice... <laughs> go out of their way to refer to pub fiction in the film it felt gauche uh it felt ersatz and it was not earned uh too big for your britches spiral that's what you are doing fucking winky winky shit like that now it's interesting you say that mark because no i full disclosure i haven't seen this the film so Mm -hmm. i got no you know horse in this race but i i read a review of it the other day and it gave it a glowing review, and they called it the most political movie, or political horror movie, rather, since Get Out. Mm. What? Which I thought, that's a pretty fucking big claim. Where was this review? I, I th- this was Total Film. You can see exactly yeah. why, because it's, Total you know, bullshit. a movie about corrupt cops, or that the, the <laughs> idea that... What? Sorry, just <laughs> disregard, completely disregard. Okay. I will. Um, you know, it's like, it's your ACAB movie, I guess. Yeah. I mean, but anytime, like, the cops still get to be the heroes or whatever, it's not really yeah. challenging anything. So, I don't know. It mm. it feels, it doesn't feel like that it's that political. Or it's very heavy-handedly political in yeah. a way that makes it so it almost undoes whatever power it might have to make a statement. We've mm. spoken about blunt instrument message horror at length before and it 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 falls squarely in that camp it yes it's saying something about police brutality and about police corruption and about the system being shot through with fucking you know corrupt thread and so on but it doesn't it it, it, but it's a sore movie you know what i mean at the same time in in the very next breath somebody's getting their fingers ripped off because um yeah yeah it, it, it the most political movie since Get Out. <laughs> that is absurd. Uh, I don't know. That is yeah. absurd. <laughs> but now, Alan, you know, if you ever do get around to seeing it, I'll be interested in hearing what. Yeah, I'm probably going to have to because, as, as I think we discussed already, my daughter, she's at that age now. She's 14. She's really starting to, to dip her feet into the water now of, of horror. Mm-hmm. Like she's She loves things like um, uh, American Horror Show. Oh, yeah. American Horror Story, story. yeah. Yeah. Ain't Horror Story, yeah. I'm done with it, I am. I'm such a dad sometimes. That was a pretty dad way to put it. You know, the American Horror Show. American Horror Show, yeah. (laughs) She loves that. Stranger folks. Tugging away at my... (laughs) Piss off. She's been tugging away at my coattails here to to watch things like that. Whenever We always have a a, a running battle every time, you know, the three or four of us a year to... And we can try to choose what movie we want. And she always wants, you know, some kind of blood and guts and yes. things like that. So we did watch the first five minutes of, of Spiral mm. just to see how she, just to test okay, the water to yeah. see how she got on. And she was, she was entirely nonplussed. Okay. Well. And so, so I, I think there's hope for her yet because she, she certainly, you know, doing better than I was at that age. Mm. Really? You know, it took me until I was about 17 or 18 to really, yeah. you know, get into horror movies. I didn't so know. she's, you know, there's hope for her yet. 
I think she'd be fine with it, Al. I mean, stop me if, if I'm misremembering this, Corey, but there's nothing much in the way... Only the gore is, is what gets Spiral its rating. There's nothing much mm-hmm. in the way of... Even the language wasn't particularly that no. offensive. There's yeah. no drug use, there's no sex, no nudity. It's just... Yeah, it's like just you, gore. Like you put it, yeah. Alan. Just people being torn apart. Exactly yeah. that. The human form being deconstructed. Yeah. Rent asunder. And it almost, it has, the way that it's played in that, with the other Saw movies, like, basically anything after Saw 2, I, like, physically cannot watch them. Like, they just are so disgusting. I don't like the franchise at all. I don't like, it it relies on you not having just seen them all, but, ah, now, the killer in number five, if you go back to number three and pause it, 34 minutes you'll see reflected in the window the woman and she's the niece she's the niece right. of the cop from part four but it's not actually her Fuck off yeah. yeah but what i was you know a you're right but also the thing that i was gonna say is that i felt like in this one the gore was like the kind of thing where i could watch it because it like you could see it as just like what it was like makeup and craft and all that yes. kind of stuff mm. you know like fingers being pulled apart looking kind of like Play-Doh covered hot dogs like you yeah, know yeah, so yeah. it didn't they did they really did it didn't have like the the visceral reaction in me like when I went to see Saw 4 and made it 10 minutes because not only did I have my eyes closed but I was trying to plug my ears to keep the sound out <laughs> and I was like I think I'm just gonna go yeah. instead of doing this I don't need this in my yeah, life yeah this is this feels like I I could do better things with this next 90 minutes and I'm going to go do that instead. So it, it even on, on this scale I think that it's pretty it's pretty doable for a teenager, mm-hmm. you know, who already I, likes yeah, this I kind think. of stuff. But but that said it's also not like a good movie, so Yeah. There's, there's <laughs> better But then saying movie. that the Yeah. The great shite film you were talking about earlier, she she enjoyed. She loves a shark film. Really, she uh, liked Great White. She kind of enjoyed. She kind of enjoyed it. Oh, she said. That's funny. But then it was just so she sweet. doesn't like Jaws. Oh. Which makes me wonder about her. But yeah, yeah, yeah. How can you not like what's not like about Jaws? You've got a, there's some guidance you like need Jaws. to do here. I get it. I completely yeah. get it. I mean, intervention. It's, it is a film from a different time. It is paced differently Did than you, you know the Meg. You know what I mean. <laughs> um, and that's a revelation mm. that absolutely hit home trying to watch uh, Star Wars with my boys uh, mm, fucking mm-hmm. uh, the first mm. Star Wars episode 4 is is not a, a fun film to watch it is slow and it is you know it's it's paced very deliberately uh, and to you know to kids who are used to like you said Great White not that I've seen it um, and you know the the the, the 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 latter Star Wars films, which are just relentless, bang 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 bang, it's a completely different, you know. And and we as as the adults are astounded <laughs> at, at the at the heresy. What do you mean you don't like it? It's not an easy an easy film to watch. Yeah, I guess so. I don't know. It's just I've but I don't have kids. Maybe that's the thing. I'm like I've showed so many people Jaws even now who love mm. it. And Great White is not a relentless film. It is extremely okay. slow. Nothing happens okay. for most of it, and mm. then like occasionally someone will out of nowhere get eaten by a shark <laughs> but it's not the pacing on that is absolutely not the like frenetic pacing that we associate with the things that the youngins are are yeah. watching now but you know i guess maybe that's her maybe she likes a little bit of a, a slower burn maybe maybe jaws is too mm. much i don't know but yeah. uh <laughs> interesting that she actually enjoyed that one because i was i was upset with it <laughs> 
Yeah, I, I, I think I watched the first five minutes and I tapped out already. I can't be asked with this. But this morning I did rewatch uh, Fury Road for the first time in like probably two mm. years or something like that. I haven't God. seen that in a long time either. It's so good. It's just so good. Oh, I'm going to come across as a contrary bastard now <laughs> on this. I feel like I'm you oh, just no. to annoy you people and be contrary. But I, I went to the cinema and I'd read all the, the glowing five-star reviews yeah. and I just, I, I don't fucking get this at all. Huh. It's just 90 minutes of people trying to get from one car to another car. <laughs> really fast. <laughs> you know? I mean, kind of. I didn't get but, it. Oh, man. I feel like, have you revisited it? Maybe it was the... I start. I did started to watch it a little bit. And I just, I, I don't know. I just wasn't just feeling didn't. it, so I left it. But... Ugh. Yeah, I so feel I, like it's like... It wasn't for me. It's like a damn near perfect movie to me. Like, it's it, just... I yeah. don't like movies. <laughs> <laughs> just in case you're wondering. <laughs> it scored big for me, uh, Fury Road, because, you know, that film shows you images which you have never seen before. The, mm-hmm. it, it, it Visually, it is unlike anything else. It is yeah, exactly. just... Despite the fact that it's entirely set in desert, there's so much colour in there. There's yeah, silvers and there's so much kind of uh, rainbow of color in in the various kind of powders and, and whatever that they throw. Yeah, it's so saturated. Yeah. What? Oh, I don't know. There's it's, not it's a lot of CG. Have you have you not seen the like before and after kind of YouTube videos comparing or showing what they've done with CGI in Fury Road? Have. No, I no, think no, I've no. watched a good CGI chunk of the. CGI is doing a lot of heavy yeah. lifting. Yeah, uh, I think I've then watched again, a good chunk of the special features. But. There's CGI in just the most pedestrian you know real world set dramas any fucking tv show that you watch now that's made you know in in the last 10 years is... like, did you see that <laughs> thing with parasite showing the cgi in yeah. parasite yes, indeed. that's exactly. just like it's wild you know like everything <laughs> uses it and you would never even think anything of it it's it's like they bananas. just can't be asked with real things anymore <laughs> Let's not bother. Yeah, it's Do it just a green screen the shit out yeah, of it. Yeah. yeah, we'll fix it in post, you know. But I feel like it was, you know, very with Parasite. It's like it's pretty. They used it well. Like, what are you gonna do? Find a place mm. like this compound in the middle of nowhere, mm. make it look like it's in a suburb or on a hill or whatever. You're probably not gonna be able to find that. So you CG out the giant buildings around it. You know, like it's just mm. things like that that uh, you know it makes stuff possible that you weren't able to do before and yeah when used with mm. a delicate hand and not like you know big cg monsters and things like that it looks good we can't tell we would never know uh which leads us to the third big film of the week yes conjuring conjuring yeah 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 yeah. the yes. devil made me the do devil it. made me do it which i actually <clears throat> i rewatched conjuring 2 beforehand um so i hadn't seen that one in a while and i really liked that one um like i think in terms of all of these kinds of movies the thing we're gonna get to in me talking about any of this is that i think demon stuff is goofy Mm. And I am not interested in it whatsoever. I just think it's the silliest. If you possess someone, I'm like, this is silly as fuck. And I have no room for it in my life. I yeah, just have always felt this way. And then going to Christian school, as I talked about in the Rapture episode, where everyone was like, very like, demons are real. Just set in for me that I was like, this is stupid. And I hate it. But The Conjuring 2 like works with nightmare imagery so well. Like literally, it feels like they pulled the images from that straight out of every nightmare I had when I was a kid. So mm. the like crooked man in that terrifies me, just absolutely terrifies me. 
And the thing about all these Conjuring movies that this comes through in the third as well is their sound design is meant to absolutely also break true. you. Yeah, absolutely correct. break you, and they do an incredible job with that. Yeah. So that said, <clears throat> I went to the movie theater, saw Conjuring Three. You uh, watched it at home. Did Did yep. you watch it too, Alan? You got a chance to watch it. I didn't. Oh, know. you didn't get a chance to watch Conjuring. No, I didn't get a chance. Uh, well, but you really liked it, Mark. Yes, I did. Uh, I was. I was a bottle of wine deep. Um, true, true. But I did. Yeah, I really enjoyed it. Um, I'm, now you put me on the spot, I'm struggling to think of why. <laughs> no, I'll tell you why. I'm keen on it when we spoke last night. I was, and I'll tell you why, right? I have a massive soft spot for the, the gimmick in a movie of applying like the scientific method or detective processes to spiritual phenomena. I, mm. I'm, I'm a big nerd for that. Yeah. The, the zenith of that concept is Ghostbusters, where they, they can apply science and, you know, particle physics and, and fucking actual real world science, you know, obviously magnified to, to a huge degree, but apply that to the afterlife. There's a way of actually, you know, making sense of this stuff in the real world and we can detect it and we can investigate it. I, I, I like that. I love that kind of that. Uh, Enjambement. You know what I mean? If it were a literary device, that's what I would call it. Sometimes when you oh. over French things, I have no idea what you're saying. <laughs> <laughs> just, I just feel like you're attacking uh, yeah, me. That, with that was lost on me as well. <laughs> I don't even know if that was the right word. Oh, you you denied like. this. You denied this when we spoke about it last night, but I, I rightly or wrongly, I just write off The Conjuring, Insidious, all of those kind of films as just yeah. being 90 minutes of jump scares. And I fucking hate jump scares. I too hate jump scares. <laughs> hate them. I, same, mm-hmm. same. Um, it's the lazy, laziest thing they can possibly do. Anybody can be, do a jump scare. You're, that's uh, true. And I think with Insidious, you're right. But I don't think that's the case with Conjuring, at least not this one last night. Uh, like Corey says, it, it works. The sound design is excellent. Uh, the, the the this dread you know what I mean they actually they actually spend time investing it with actual organically created dread as opposed to you know having somebody close the bathroom cabinet and, oh there's a fucking monster behind you yeah. they, they <laughs> you know they put the work in yeah I think you know I I have like I don't loathe jump scares I like a good jump scare mm. that feels earned that feels like it isn't just the medicine cabinet gag or things like that but I think these movies mm. do well like even when like I love like kind of when something sets you up for the scare to be somewhere yeah. and then you're like ah oh, but it's gonna be here and then it's still not that scare it comes from somewhere else like I think that this does a good job with that at times <clears throat> and um Conjuring yeah. actually the, the the last Conjuring actually used one of my favorite 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 scare tricks right mm. um it's something called the Texas switch okay uh, and that is a scare when uh, there's a long shot of someone running towards the protagonist or running towards the camera and then at the last minute bosh when they arrive at the camera they've switched out with somebody else entirely mm-hmm. um do you know what I'm talking about? Do you know the the yeah. the trick I'm yeah, talking yeah. about? They yeah. they do that in Conjuring in the the last Conjuring, and I always I will always mark out for the for the Texas Switch. I'm a big fan of that one. Yeah, and they had a couple of good little. It's not just a horror thing, is it? Oh, really? What else would do? I thought the Texas Switch was was any kind of see any kind of shot that they make where they switch out the actor for it's like often you see it with you know, like the the famous scene from Hot Fuzz exactly. With the, the jumping oh, yeah. over the fence mm-hmm. and things like mm-hmm. that. And all of a sudden it's Simon Pegg. Yeah. yeah. That's the, the Texas switch, isn't it? Uh-huh. 
Okay, sure. <laughs> this is a, a new uh, term to me, but I do enjoy that from your description of it. Um, and this movie also had like a couple of like little, you know, uh, references to other films that I thought were kind of fun. Like they definitely do that, that classic shot from The Exorcist, the one that's on all the posters of the, you know, yes. the priest arriving at the house. At the and house. that, yeah, looking yeah, that light the with yeah, his yeah, little yeah. briefcase. I, uh-huh. You know, they had that moment they did. Uh, there's sort of a, a Patrick Wilson swinging a... Um, um, sledgehammer moment that's filmed very the much the way The Shining is filmed. Um, the bit towards the end, spoiler alert, the bit towards the end where he's possessed and he's coming out Vera Farmiga with the sledgehammer. He Maybe as a as a big Evil Dead nerd, maybe I saw something that wasn't there, but he they, he definitely does the kind of the head twitch that Bruce Campbell uh, does yeah, when yeah, he's yeah, possessed, he when he's Evil Ash. What Conjuring did have was a massively hokey pantomime depiction of satanism and satan and demonology and witchcraft yeah straight out of the satanic panic um 100 <laughs> you know, the 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 notion that you can conjure you know a demon mm. with, by use of a fucking spooky totem couple of ill-chosen yeah. words yeah exactly yeah exactly that um yeah. and that demon can be invited to possess the living and can be driven out with you know, words from a book, uh, satanic altars, practices, and sacrifices. Yeah. This Very is why, for me, this stuff. one, yeah, this one didn't work as well for me because I'm like, given anything related to like demonology and all that kind of stuff, you're looking at a religious series in some way, but this one felt extra religious, where it's like I really felt like I had to buy in yep. more than I had to in other ones, where like, yep. With Conjuring 2, I was like, I don't need to buy into anything they're doing for that crooked man to scare mm. the shit out of me, you mm. know? Whereas everything that happened in this, and you've got the sort of creepy lady who's, you know, behind this stuff, whatever, it all felt like I really needed to subscribe to the religion. It felt like yes. I needed to subscribe to Ed and Lorraine Warren, who... Yes were grifters in real life and whatnot. And listen, they're adorable. I love Patrick Wilson and Vera Farmiga. Um, and Patrick Wilson uh, singing Elvis in the second mm-hmm. one absolutely makes me swoon. But <laughs> I just felt like I needed to buy into them and their Catholicism and all of that stuff really yeah. hard and to be scared by anything in this movie. I don't know if I'm 100% uh, cool with... You know that I hate the kind of the the love saves the day trope, right? Yeah. I fucking <laughs> detest it. Which is what I, I texted you afterwards. I was like, hashtag yep. love conquers all. It, it just got away with it because it telegraphed it earlier in the film, right? right. It, it it made reference to how they met and they're deeply in love. Mm-hmm. But is it a little... It, it doesn't leave the nicest taste in my mouth that... I don't know, heteronormative kind of nuclear family kind of love saves the day and conquers the evil. I don't know if I, I, that doesn't quite sit right with me. Right. Yeah. It just didn't, didn't work for me. A bit lazy. Yeah, exactly. You know, it feels like maybe there's some fan service here to like, we know our fandom ships these people and, you know, they're in it for this love story. But that was, I think what I called it was a murder mystery courtroom drama romance. And that was not, that was just not working for me <laughs> in this. It's not terrible. It's just like, I just didn't buy it. And yeah, you're not selling it to me. Either <laughs> of you. 
No, but like I said, I also do not like demon things I think are really hokey Mm. in general. And, Mm. you know, this is amongst the reasons why, you know, (laughs) I was talking the other night. I find I rewatched Hereditary after the bajillion times that I've been like, I'm going to rewatch it. I just (laughs) I disliked it so much. But like now I have to rewatch it. I just have to. And I realized it was on Canopy. So I was like, you know what? It's free. I will watch it. That had been my thing before. I was like, I'm not paying for it. I'll watch it. And I don't, I know Mark, when he's talked about this movie, has been like, oh, like after watching it, I like quickly flipped off the lights and like ran to bed afterwards. And so many people say how scary it is. And I don't find one single moment in that entire movie scary, which is, I... I just want to understand it. You know? so, <laughs> like, this okay. is, do you find it scary, Alan? This is my. Yes. Yes. I do. do. And, and, I, and I don't scare easily at right. all. Same. Yeah, and this you comes know, from people who don't scare easy. I'm not taking this as a, I, like, oh, I'm a veteran of horror and you can't scare <laughs> me. Like, I just told you the crooked man scares the shit yeah. out of me. Uh, so it's not that. With the, so, with the exception that this, this scared me. The la the denouement of <laughs> wreck scares me. Oh, wreck! Yeah. Maybe one or two other things. Okay. But this just scared me, and I think do you know what? As as you were talking then, and you were talking about the conjuring. Do you know what? I think I, I'm, I'm now I'm able to really put my finger on why Mark and I are so passionate about this film. Mm. It, it it'd be so evangelical about the film, really, mm-hmm. is that it, it, it really, it, certainly for me, I don't know if it, obviously it was the same for you as well, Mark, it, it really elicited a a, a a real emotional response 100%. from me. 100%. You know, almost, like, almost a religious experience. Yep. Yeah. And, I, no, I didn't see Hereditary in the cinema. I saw it at home. But the, the feeling was real. And in my entire life, and Mark, you were, you were with me at one of the other movies. I've only ever had three movies which, at the end of the movie, would leave in the cinema or when the, you know, the credits are rolling at home, where it actually viscerally and emotionally did something to me. Mm-hmm. This was one. <laughs> the other one was Brain Dead. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, when we saw that, and I think you've, you've talked about that in passing on, yeah. on the pod before, of you, Mark. Yep. And that would, when we, I remember leaving the cinema from that. And it was, I think it was the three of us there, wasn't it? And yeah. it was like the expression we used in Wales, our, our heads were gone. Yep. <laughs> we were just Brain gone. Yeah. I left it was just, a little piece it of It was me, just insane. I left behind in that fucking cinema when I saw that film. And I, I came out and I was yeah. not the same. I was not the same as I was when I went in. Incredible stuff. And, Absolutely. And the experience of seeing Heredity <clears throat> was very similar. There was so yeah. so much. Wait, going wait, on. wait, wait, wait! I want to know what the third one is before mm, yeah. you move on with this. No, it, it's a surprising one. It's not a horror film, and I, and I, I you, you, when I say you probably think, really, but it was Schindler's List. Well, okay. I mean that feels very. But that obviously, makes sense. it's 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 big and it's important, but but it had this the similar kind of where you just leave the auditorium in, in like a stunned, shocked silence. It kind of, like, I'm gonna need to process this a little bit. Yeah, and it it was. But it was that same, you know, and I've talked about this with you and Mark as well, that from watching Hereditary, the pretty much the entire running time, the, the hairs on my arms were up, the hairs on my yeah. back and my neck were up. Yeah. It was affecting me yep. in a, on a deep level. Everything about it yep. 
was the effect I was clearly you know all the the, the tricks that Ariasta were using was using you know the you know the um the, you know long shots the the sound it was working on me mm-hmm. yeah. it just got me completely yeah yeah and and the big shocks when they happened like you know Charlie being beheaded mm-hmm. and the you know the bit in the, the scene where um Annie is kind of you know she's on the wall mm-hmm. you know it, I I'd been watching that scene for about five or ten seconds before I even realised she was Same. in the corner, <laughs> and it, it yeah. just got me. Yeah. And it, like I said, the entire time, hairs in the back of the neck. It it was constant, and I've never had that kind of reaction to a movie before. And so you know the, the passion then that we have for this film is kind of, it is evangelical. It is, you know, it's people who. who you were know, Catholic, Christian, or whatever, where they they see the light, where they have this mm-hmm. yeah. emotional response to something, yep. they want to share it, and they can't believe anybody else doesn't feel the same right. way. Right? Yeah. yeah, totally. And so it, it, there's an element of that to it, I think. Mm-hmm. Yep, yeah. beautiful. Well, it was interesting that <clears throat> uh, I, I I started watching it a little bit earlier because I knew we were going to yeah. be talking about this today, and I, and I I genuinely hadn't seen the film since I saw it. Which has been work for three years old, mm. now, isn't it? Yeah, it's been a minute. And so I, I, I did things that like that, which have a big impact on me. Which I really enjoy, whether it's a comedy or horror or any kind of film. I'm always a bit reluctant to watch them again mm-hmm. in case it kind of like it. Like you can never have that experience again of the first time yeah. that you. And I, I thought, you know, I maybe I'm not going to enjoy it again, and it's going to sully the moment for me. Yeah. But I, I got, I didn't see an awful lot of it. I, I managed to watch about forty minutes of it. And I got to the part where Charlie had been decapitated and the, the, the brother was at home and there's this kind of, oh, absolute guttural cry of anguish yeah, from... Yeah, 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 from yeah. And, it's, and it, it got me. Mm-hmm. And from then on, and I, I didn't see much more of that, the, I had exactly the same response. Yeah. Every hair on me was up. Yeah. Everything was getting me again. Mm-hmm. And it's... Everything about the film just, just got me. It was just, as I said to you before, I was just... It was tuned into my frequency. It was like it was made in a lab just for me. Yeah. It it got me. Yeah. And I was on it in its lap the entire time. Yep. Beautifully put. I uh, for uh, on the my first viewing, I, I remember crystal clear the moment that it that it seized me. Uh it's quite early on in the film. It's certainly in the first third of the film where there's just one shot of Tony Collette looking down the hallway in her home and you can almost see her mum mm. next to some yeah. boxes and it was like I'd, it was like I'd been slapped across the fucking face oh shit <laughs> and from that exact moment right up until the end it like you said Al, it had me right in the palm of its hand and there's a I'm certain I've I've, I've chatted about this on the, on the pod before right but the moment that I crave in films right that I chase in films is that sensation of just the fucking bottom dropping out of the world. Mm-hmm. That sensation when reality just... Just completely sinks out from under you. Like a sinkhole, if you will. And then you realise <laughs> we're through the fucking... Stink mo- hole. Yeah. It's the stinkhole moment when the ground is just... The rug is pulled from under you. And Hereditary does that so brilliantly. Ramps it up, ramps it up. The moment where um, the the... The kid is in class and it, it, all of a sudden he fucking smashes his head against the desk. It's just this that visceral kind of shock of it happening. And 
a lot of people you you read a lot of um people talking about hereditary and that final scene tipping it over into comedy people not mm. able to grasp oh, just no. certainly not a lot of people laugh <laughs> at that final scene but yeah, for me that pretty silly. just like the dinner scene in Texas Chainsaw Massacre which is the, what I always go back to when I talk about that sensation of the world dropping away it oh god it 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 gave me that feeling on a fucking plate in spades it's you can't comprehend what you're seeing because the family drama is so beautifully put together like you said out the the grief is so palpable uh and it builds and builds and builds and builds and when you finally they just completely pull the tarp off and you see the fucking lunacy that this film really has at its core uh I, I i i was there every single step of the way and i and it is it, it's, it's evangelical i think of it in the same way as you know you, you you see people talking about their experiences of seeing god and feeling it because i felt that film viscerally at my core uh i i it's a masterpiece yeah i think it, the thing that as i talk to people about this and hear you guys talk about it now too um, is like it's the combination of my just like not having any like suspension of disbelief for any form of like possession or things like that and just finding it cheesy. Like I legitimately like I'm not trying to be edgelordy or anything like that, oh, but it's God, like, no. you know, when she's like like banging her head against the thing and whatnot, I was I laughed out loud and I was just like everything in this is just so cheesy. But like on top of it, the other thing that I've gotten from people is that like you have to feel a connection to these people in some way. And I absolutely yeah. do think that moment of grief like when she you know you just hear her discovering charlie in the background like you'd have to be a monster to not feel that and connect mm. with that moment and to like you know his reaction um of like not knowing what to do and just kind of like the panic and going home and going to bed and just like maybe this won't be real in the morning or you know mm. whatever that he did and he's very high at the time too but like I, I get that. The rest of it, I do not connect with these people at all. I do not care about them. I do not like them. I don't, <laughs> like, I just, everything about them, I don't, I feel nothing for them. And so as I'm, like, watching all this kind of stuff happen, I'm looking at, like, just stuff that I already find cheesy mixed with a group of people that I have no you care nothing for. Yeah, I care nothing for, and Frankly, so there's you just deserve nothing. Everything in it. you've got coming to you. I don't yeah, like it's like you. really, it's terrible. But it's like that's how I, I'm like. These people are the worst. I hate like these <laughs> people who are just like the orchestrators of their own misery. Like, and you're just like just stop being a shithead all the time and you would your life would be different you know like that's that's how i look at these people and i just i can't i mean that sounds like something i would say <laughs> fucking it sort it out lads yeah like you know it's it's very difficult for me to connect with people i don't mm. like and then care about things and this is the same reason you know why mm. with any genre of thing like why when people were yeah, super you, into that, that rapport with them yeah in some level. like yeah. when people were super into like high fidelity i was like there's only one likable character in that movie why would you watch this on purpose like how can you love this when everybody's terrible or you know Have curb you seen, your enthusiasm um... like i can't watch stuff where i don't like people yeah. and that's hereditary for me you know i think a lot of that Have you comes seen... from that have you seen the original Spanish Wreck, uh, or even no. another one which is similar? Yeah, no, I haven't. Oh my god! <laughs> or another one which elicited a similar but not quite as effective response from me was the remake of Suspiria. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did I? I well, can't remember if I watched which, the remake. Fucking hell, that 
manner, but it just certainly with with Rick, for most of the the running time of the movie, it's just it okay. It's found footage, which okay you may like him, you may not, and so the the, the you know with some kind of zombie outbreak, zombie outbreak in a, a block of flats or whatever it is, and you get to the end, and then it becomes something completely different that you weren't expecting. Right. And then it you ha- I had the similar feeling of that of the kind of like the ground crumbling underneath you. I was like, yeah, fucking yeah, hell, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know where we're going from here. Yes. This and it really caught me off guard. And again, the remake of Suspiria does something kind of similar. It it doubles down. It it I don't think it's quite as ridiculous mm. to to summarize as as the the ending of uh, Hereditary mm. might be. I'd but like it, it's, an, it's, it's, it's all the similar vein. The end of Suspiria, I'd like it actually more to the experience of seeing Brain Dead as opposed to Hereditary. The excess of it, mm-hmm. uh, it, 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 it's almost blunt force trauma. You're you're almost beaten into that fugue state of what the fuck is it going to end? Is it ever going to end? And there's just more and more and more and more. That's I, that crescendo, you know, of, of of madness. That's where I would like in that too more. Yeah. 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 Definitely. Sorry. My dog is like scratching like crazy. I just texted my husband to let him inside. <laughs> but, uh, uh, yeah, no, I, I guess it's I know just we're, one we're of not those... gonna. I know we're not gonna convert you. When, no, that, and I didn't expect point. to. I just really, no, no, I honestly no. just wanted to hear your your take on it. You know, and mm. I think that all of it, listening to you talking to some people on Twitter, all of that stuff, has given me some clarity on what it is that doesn't connect for me. Because, you know, I mean, we talked about this last week even, that feeling of, like, why everybody else loves this thing. What's wrong oh, yeah. with me? Oh, like, why do I things, not yeah. Why do I not relate to this? And then, mm. you know, the more I talk to people you, about it. You just why hit the nail hits. on the head perfectly. Yeah. yeah. It's just, you know, on, on second view, and I found... It's the bravura, 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 is that a word? Yeah. Showmanship of it all <laughs> as, as really kind of connected with me more because mm-hmm. how much more of it, of what everything that goes on is foreshadowed. Yes. How it's oh. all hidden in plain sight. You're so right. In plain sight. You're so right. It, it really rewards second viewing. You know, the bit you mentioned uh-huh. uh, with her piano wiring her head off. You watch the film a second time and in the quiet of the house when she's stalking uh, her son, you can hear a kind of a dong, a discordant kind of note from downstairs, which you then realise on second viewing is her pulling the fucking piano mm. wire out. Mm-hmm. Um, if you if you watch it again, just keep an ear out for that that kind of that sound from the piano downstairs, and then you realise what she's doing. <laughs> really, really rewarding film and beautifully researched. I sent you Al a link. Yeah, yeah. And I, I don't know if yeah, I've sent done this. his homework. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know if I've sent this to you as well, Corey. Um, you know, <laughs> of uh, a message board where, you know, um, demon cultists, obviously cranks, uh, well, right. talk about Still. about what, what they've done to try and commune with demons. And, and the way that the way that Paimon is described by the Paimon cultists is identical to how, mm-hmm. you know, actual people who believe in this shite yeah. um, do their best to commune with their with their dark gods or whatever. And as a researcher, I do appreciate that. That is mm. that is something I definitely appreciate in the creation of this. Much like, you know, I do like Midsommar so much. And, you know, I have a favorite YouTube video about it that I constantly link to people, uh, the true horror of, of Midsommar. And looking at the ways in which 
they were so careful about getting these like really interesting details and things like that right in yeah, that movie. Yeah, yeah. Like it's, you know, lovingly put together um, in its research and wanting to, you know, adhere to something recognizable that they've created out of this, you know, out of something that does exist. Um, and I appreciate that even if, yeah, demons don't do it for me. The family doesn't do it for me. The everything didn't do it for me. <laughs> I can't appreciate that. Uh, I don't, I don't know if we're going to get to the point of being able to talk about our main topic, guys. We talked a lot. No, we did. Uh, it's, 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 you know, a, a classic rabbit hole filled Joag journey this week. Let's just yeah. call this pod. Corey is wrong. <gasps> wow. That yeah. is. I you come to my podcast. In your house. And you have the audacity. The sass. <laughs> my face. The, <laughs> <laughs> the unmitigated gall. That's the second glass of wine talking, I apologize. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I was I really uh, am torn between a certain clamminess and the stinkhole moment for the, the title of this stink one. Hole. So. <laughs> the, the stinkhole moment. I would watch that. That's fantastic. <laughs> so, yeah. It's like an episode of, of uh, American horror show. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, dads. We're the best. <laughs> well, thank you, Alan, for coming on thank here. Thank you for and, asking. Um, you know, fighting me on hereditary. No, not really fighting, but uh, enlightening me and sharing. Yes. Yeah, sharing your experience with it. I very much appreciate it. And listening to uh, me scare Mark about sinkholes. I just really feel very good about everything that's occurred here today. As do mm. I. It's been, uh, this is probably been the longest we've chatted in a long time bro so for that yeah it is uh, actually yeah. no other reason it's been great to, to, to chat yeah. thank you literally the whole point of podcasts is to talk to people you wouldn't normally yeah. get a chance Reunite to brothers. talk to so yes ah ah what a beautiful thing glad to be a part of it nice <laughs> all right so everyone uh hey sorry we didn't talk about stuff but that happens you know us uh yeah. so we'll get back to talking about stuff next week that is you know Whatever. I don't know. I'm not going to make any promises. I don't know you anything. This is my podcast. Uh, but <laughs> we'll, we'll talk about something next week. Um, <laughs> until then, hey, write us, uh, drop us some stars on the uh, Apple Podcasts after I just ranted at you. I'm sorry. I love you. Um, and uh, tell your friends about us and buy our merch and follow us everywhere. And have a great week. Bye, everyone. Bye, 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 bye. Bye. Stay spooky. Love you. <laughs> <laughs>